Hello, I'm Jan Tallinn, I'm one of the co-founders of Skype, and you're listening to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. So I love this show because uh, I get some great founders and I wanted to introduce a founder today I'm actually working with on a launch uh, and we're going to go through his story with the app. A huge amount of work has gone into this, a lot of uh, effort, a lot of ups and downs. We're going to learn about that journey. So if this is relevant to you, do stay tuned. Uh, if you are an entrepreneur, founder, or app developer, or just interested about the stories of other entrepreneurs. So let me introduce today then, uh, it's uh, Vivek Chuk, and he is the founder of Listables. Listables is on Product Hunt, and we have, uh, uh, we can talk through what we've done so far to get on there, but also the ups and downs of the journey uh, that Vivek has taken with uh, Listables. So Vivek, first, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for having me. Now, the, the pressure's on because you're following uh, the co-founder of Skype. He managed to create a an $8.6 billion company, um, but you've been an entrepreneur as potentially having the next Facebook. Uh, tell, tell us about <laughs> the story of uh, entrepreneur.com and, and how you yeah. ended up getting that fantastic write-up. Sure. So I think we were uh, fortunate. First of all, following Skype for $8.6 billion, it's a dream come true for, for fellow entrepreneurs. So the story with, uh, with the Entrepreneur Magazine was that we, when we initially started, we called the product OneHive. The idea at that point in time, uh, just to give you a quick background, was I used to run engineering for Zynga Games. That's a gaming company out of San Francisco. And uh, we used to do deployment every other day on the cloud with thousands of servers and invariably things would break. So I left Singa and I said, we have this intrinsic problem where uh, when people are in the same team, they really, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's very tough for them to know who's doing what, how are they doing it. Um, so I said, perhaps I can create a checklist application which I could essentially create it, uh, share it with different people, assign different items on the checklist to different people and then track who's doing what and then have some sort of a notification. So that's where the basic premise of OneHive started as a team uh, checklist application. Now, at that point in time, you know, the question is, well, there are so many other applications that do similar things. But, you know, in, you know, in based on my experience, working experience, applications are typically uh, put into two broad camps. And one of them were project management applications of the world, such as Basecamp, Asana. And that's more specific to project management with start date, end dates. Uh, trying to do running day-to-day -day operations with project management applications is like fitting a, uh, you know, the cliche square, you know, peg in a round hole. And on the other hand, there were, were consumer list applications, uh, which were more focused on day-to-day -day consumer, but then they lacked the collaborative aspect of it. So as we, uh, you know, as the product evolved, uh, we launched OneHive.com about a year back. Uh, and then we got picked up by Entrepreneur Magazine, who reviewed our product, which was great. And they loved it for the design and simplicity of it, which is great because that's what we heavily focused on. And we still heavily focus on it today. And then from there, we evolved and, uh, and then we got a great write-up saying, you know, this is such an easy-to-do application. You can get things done quickly, assign it to different people, uh, and then we, you're up and running. Uh, and so we got great press out of it, and we were very fortunate for that. 
we didn't get picked up by Product Hunt at that point in time. Uh, and maybe part of the reason was also about a year back. I didn't know much. I, I had heard about Product Hunt, but I really uh, honestly uh, you know, didn't know much about it. So I'd heard about it, but didn't know much about it. So, uh, so then, you know, as the journey went along, uh, we realized that there was one thing that was missing, uh, which was uh, the factor of having a community. Uh, and the reason why I believe, you know, community is very important is at the end of the day, we as human beings learn from each other uh, in the form of a community. So I said, what's the best way for me to put the best practices together uh, for, you know, of what people are doing from a checklist point of view in different avenues and basically put the best practices together in a community format so that people can understand how other people are using checklists, use their checklists, like them, use them, thank them. Took us about six months to put the community function in place and the feature function in place. And during that time, um, you know, we uh, got into conversations with American Cancer Society. Uh, now, that's something that's really dear to me because I've had family, family members who have uh, unfortunately uh, died uh, because of cancer. And, uh, and that's something that was very dear uh, to my heart. And, you know, we, uh, we started talking to American Cancer Society and we said, look, can we take some of your checklists that are there and put it on our platform so that, you know, we can tell the broader community about cancer diagnosis, cancer prevention, questions to ask your doctor when diagnosed with cancer. And so this was something that, which was very dear to my heart. Um, and so we, we were fortunate enough to sign a deal with American Cancer Society uh, to take some of these checklists and put it onto the community platform. So we launched Listables. Uh, so we rebranded and called ourselves Listables because we thought that would be a more apt name for what we are trying to do. And also it's, it's, it's a cooler sounding name in, in my personal opinion. Uh, from one hive to listables, it's something which is in the form of like Incredibles. So the movie Incredibles, uh, and then so listables. Uh, I'm showing my age here, but you know what the heck. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, well, like being so, a kid. Uh, so <laughs> Now, Vivek, I'm just going to jump in here because uh, there's a few things that I uh, picked up already. One is that uh, the noble task of uh, putting cancer lists in there. I mean, anyone who's listened to this show for some time knows that I lost my dad this year for from cancer. And uh, I, I love the fact that, you know, you're doing this not only as a money-making kind of venture, but also to basically make your stand in the world and try and help help the world some way, which uh, is something we can learn from you. Uh, and, and the other thing, I'll, I'll, going back to the original question, was that, you know, you did get into entrepreneur.com. It sounded like it was picked up. And how did that change your user base then? What, what benefit did that bring to you uh, in your journey with listables? Sure, absolutely. So it doubled a user base overnight, <laughs> putting it in right, geometrics okay. form. Um, you know, I'm, I'm heavy into analytics. I'm an engineer at heart, but just putting it in a, in a one-liner, it doubled a user base overnight. And we were very fortunate uh, for that acknowledgement by entrepreneur. Um, you know, it's tough uh, as, uh, as, as an entrepreneur who's bootstrapped, which most of us are, despite what you hear in the news of a lot of people getting funding, the reality is majority of the entrepreneurs are bootstrapped. Uh, and only till you get to a specific point of time in your company do you get funded. Um, and, you know, I've talked to entrepreneurs who have, uh, who have been funded uh, and who plead with me 
that if to stay bootstrapped as long as I possibly can. Uh, it says, you know, the freedom that you get being bootstrapped, uh, what you can do is, is much, much better. But the moment you take somebody's money, the situation dramatically changes. Um, of course, there are pros and cons to it. So, uh, uh, you know, with everything. With Bootstrapped, it's your own money. Uh, but, you know, the thing, the challenge, so where I was going, sorry, I digressed a bit, was the, where I was going with this was that uh, if you're bootstrapped and you've invested your own money into a product, uh, trying to get press coverage is extremely challenging. Uh, if you're funded, then, you know, of course, the company that's funding you helps you in getting a lot of the press coverage. Uh, so, we, so in that way, we were very fortunate to have been uh, you know, we've, to be have been published in a premier publication such as Entrepreneur, and now we are on Product Hunt, which is, I believe, another feather in a cap. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, common things we can learn from you. Uh, you know, one is that sometimes we often think funding is the end goal, and actually that is the start journey of many people, and uh, it just means that they have to start making money for others as rather, rather than making those decisions just for ourselves. Uh, which is great. Uh, and press coverage. I do feel like that's a question I'm often asked, how to get press coverage. Uh, we've had entrepreneurs approach me with 10 million downloads saying, this is crazy. I can't get press coverage for my app that's wildly popular. And uh, that's what, I guess that's how our world's collided because uh, of the product and influence and that you, uh, you don't uh, need to rely on journalists. Uh, and uh, you said your analytics, uh, or you spend a lot of time focusing on analytics. Uh, I'd love to know, as a founder who is bootstrapped, who's not uh, a slave to their investors just yet, <laughs> so uh, what are the analytics that you most pay attention to uh, in this phase right. of your journey? Sure. So, so I, uh, like I said previously, I used to work at Zynga Games, and I used to... Uh, be keenly involved in the analytics Singer did for games. And when they did analytics in gaming for the first time, it was a breakthrough in that industry, and that's the reason Zynga became a multi-billion dollar company. Um, so, you know, having that background, uh, you know, there are the usual metrics, right, that, you, that, that every entrepreneur or every investor looks at, which is your DAUs, your MAUs, so daily active users, monthly active users, you know, uh, engagement, which is the standard metrics. Um, but what I mostly focused on, primarily because I was bootstrapped, was, you know, uh, adding analytics into the application to see where are users having the most problem when they're using the app. So effectively, walk, what I would call traditionally as walk-through analytics. And uh, we embedded a lot of that. Uh, and our aim, like I said, was design, and simplicity was key. So for example, if a person was having an issue, let's say, reordering items on a checklist, okay, how do I make it easier? Because I know people are getting stuck at that step. Or, you know, I'm having uh, people saying that, you know, in the keyboard, uh, you know, when I open up the keyboard, there's a done and there's a go option. What, what is the action, call to action, when they press done on a keyboard versus what they, when they press go on a keyboard? You know, and things like these, you know, which are minute things, but they make a lot of difference in the usability. Uh, uh, of apps in general because, you know, people have less time, right? I mean, our, our retention span is now, what, lesser than a goldfish, right? Uh, so, you know, how do you achieve the most in the attention span of lesser than a goldfish, right? So, 
that's why for me, the walkthrough analytics is extremely important. Uh, and that's something that we continue to improve on a daily basis and learn on a daily basis. So more importantly, we learn more and then we put those enhancements in. Yeah, you mentioned small is what we need to pay attention to in the app. And I totally agree with you because I just learned about the difference between Instagram and a similar app that came out at the same time. Uh, one was bought by Facebook for billions. The other is now worth $40,000. Um, and the difference between those two apps was primarily the fact that there was a like button, some feedback, <laughs> and that was it. Uh, the filters were similar. Uh, and who would have believed uh, that there could be such a disparity just because people like getting feedback on their photos. Uh, what do you think would be uh, the, the key feature then of the small detail within listables that could make a difference? So you mentioned about community. I think community is going to make a difference for us. Um, not only because I'm saying it from an emotional point of view with a partnership with American Cancer, but in general, you know, as people learn from other people. I think, um, you know, when I was growing up, uh, uh, my brother, who's 12 years elder to me, uh, used to, uh, you know, used to uh, give me a lot of advice. And uh, one of the advice he gave me, which I still, which I still fondly remember today, uh, is the fact that if a person has gone through an exercise and it took him four hours to do it, me telling you in the two minutes equals to the four hours I spent solving the problem, right? So learning from other people and best practices and saving time doing that, I think that's one of the things that we're trying to achieve with Listables. Yeah, that, there's just, um, but I want to carry on talking about uh, the fact that you are bootstrapping what we can learn from you to uh, build a, a company and an app through bootstrapping. I uh, just want to take a moment, Vivek, to thank the two sponsors of this show who help kind of keep the show going. Uh, you may have heard of them. Uh, one, The first one is uh, Gummy Cube. Um, I don't know, have you come across Gummy Cube before? Yes, yeah. I have, yes. Yeah, so we've had the founder on the show. He's been supporting the show uh, almost from the inception. And Gummy Cube is, the, is great when it comes to app store optimization. So uh, I really recommend that for anyone who is uh, requiring help with app store optimization, especially getting data from the app stores, then uh, then go to gummycube.com. Uh, you can ask for Dave Bell as well. He's the, one of the co-founders. Uh, and just say you've came from the, the App Guy podcast. Uh, so that's gummycube.com who sponsored the show. And uh, also TopTal. Uh, TopTal are uh, the world's best when it comes to uh, finding talent. Uh, they take the top 3% of developers. Uh, Vivek, have you come across TopTal? I've heard across TopTal, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, well, that re we had the founder on the show again, uh, um, okay. Brendan Beneshot, and he uh, was talking about the fact that they are pretty tight with this 3%. In fact, it's more likely 1%, he said, of the top developers that they take. Uh, but the mean that means that you get access to, to great developers. And... Uh, that's why I recommend TopTal. And I've got a special page for people to go in and you can actually get a two-week uh, trial. Uh, and if for some reason you don't like the developer you're working with, they will actually pay that developer and continue working with you to find you the best solution. Or uh, So it is risk-free. Um, so go to toptal.com forward slash pool. That's toptal.com forward slash pool to uh, get access to TopTal's network. And if you've got a project, a side project or piece of work that needs doing, I recommend TopTal. Uh, thanks, Vivek, for listening through those. So 
Um, just moving on, but bootstrapping is, I think that's really wildly important. And uh, what advice have you got for someone who has bootstrapped basically for a year and a half uh, after coming out of a successful uh, career at Zinger? Uh, what advice could you give to others who are, about, who are about to leave maybe their corporate job or their well-paid salary job to go it alone? What would you recommend uh, your tips? Yeah. So my um, my reasons for, for starting my own is similar to other entrepreneurs who started on their own, uh, which was effectively freedom, right, uh, of doing something that you believe in doing and wanting to do, um, and taking that step. I think taking that step is the toughest decision, but, you know, once you put your mind to it, uh, then it becomes much easier. Um, and uh, and so you know uh, so I think putting your mind to it and having the freedom to do it, which is honestly, and you've seen that, Paul, is a very common theme amongst uh, entrepreneurs that you've interviewed before, right? Um, so that's one. Uh, the other one is in terms of bootstrapping is honestly uh, like running any business. Uh, it's your money, so you have to manage your costs extremely effectively and invest in features and functions that you really think will take you to the next level and how do you come to that balance and i think that's where uh, as a bootstrap entrepreneur we think of it every day from that point of view because it's it's your money it's it's something that you've really worked hard to earn and so if i'm going to spend a penny or a pence uh, or a dollar or a pound um, where do i put that and what is the return that i'm going to get off that I think those are the, honestly, the, those are the two things that come to my mind. Now, the other big theme from this show that's now been running with over 500 episodes is always, it, it seems to always come out, is the, uh, the importance of having a, uh, a team or at least someone to share the journey with. And uh, you've got uh, someone who's actually been along the journey with you uh, and I just wondered, how important is it to have someone you're working with on the project? Oh, absolutely. Than doing this yes. Yourself? Uh, from a social and an emotional support point of view, uh, one thing entrepreneurship teaches you is who are your true friends and who are not your true friends. And I've been very fortunate <laughs> to have <laughs> true friends stick with me through this journey. You know, it's a great filtration process. So for anyone else who wants to know if their friends are true friends, become an entrepreneur and you'll find out soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I can imagine leaving uh, the, the safety net of a, a company like Zinger. How many people, yeah. you know, how it... Because I found this when I left my corporate job. Is it true that just literally it's hard to keep the connections because you suddenly lost this common interest, which is your work and the company? Absolutely. I mean, you lose the badge, right? So you you were someone in someone of a hot shot in a big company, and suddenly you're not the hot shot of a big company, and you are individual, right? So obviously, when you uh, when the when the tag goes away. Then, uh, then you find out, you know, what your true value is or what your true worth is uh, as it compares to other people's relationships. Absolutely. And that's one thing I really would stress to everyone listening is that uh, it, it could be amazing that you go from this, this career where you're uh, focused on your job title, you know, your salary increase. Uh, you have this, maybe some, some of us do have a bloated expectation of how much value we are bringing to a company. 
Uh, and then when, when you have to do it alone, it's a different ball game, right? It's, it's, a, it's an amazing experience. I mean, I love the journey. I mean, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's it's cliche, right? It's like if you were in your deathbed, and would you ever have regrets of doing what you did? And you know, it's very cliche and very, uh, very, I guess, Hollywoodish, I guess, or you know, very self-helpish. But you know, it, it rings true, right? I mean, the journey is just amazing. And, and even if you succeed or fail, it's the journey, and the journey is just phenomenal. Yeah, uh, and in terms of what you would do differently now you've had this year and a half the whole reason we have interviews with founders like yourself is to learn how we could you know almost learn from your year and a half journey what would you change over that year and a half Uh, what tips could you give us to you know learn from maybe the mistakes you've possibly made over the course of your journey um there are many things there are many mistakes i made um and now, I've, you know, it's going to take me about 10 minutes to and a, and a stiff drink to really start putting things <laughs> I can together. tell you're an analytical uh, person, Vivek. <laughs> yes, uh, I, need, I need a stiff drink and it's morning and I can't drink in the morning. Well, what would yet. be the biggest one then? What, you, you know, I would we, say yeah. that I would have accelerated my design process. Um, I took about three months doing it. I should have done it in about a month and a half. And the reason why I'm saying that is because I was laying too much emphasis on on, uh, you know, uh, I think that's one thing I learned was, you know, I should have accelerated the design process. Now, why and what and how, you know, that requires a deeper discussion. But, you know, from the three months I took, I should have done it in a month and a half. That's and, the first thing that comes to my mind. Yeah, and just, on, just to add to that, is that because when you uh, are thrown into this world of startups and bootstrapping your own company, that the immense freedom uh, is something that is so exciting but also it can be a little bit of a distraction because you get to do all these things you never had a chance to do in a big company such as branding logo name of the company yes yes i think stuff. you're right i think you hit the nail on the head on that one because there's so much that you say oh i can do all these things but no we need to focus on one thing that you can do really well or two things you can do really well but you know there are so many other things and you know just that to and fro right i think i could have aggressively reduce that time frame. And, and how did you avoid wasting your time as well? Did you use any pr- productivity tools or uh, processes? Um, to- no, because I was creating one. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I ate my own dog food. <laughs> I had to eat my own dog food. So you're telling me you didn't create the checklist? Uh, I did, uh, but uh, you know, I did it on my platform the moment it hit alphas. Um, uh, from a productivity tool, I mean, you know, we have the usual, you know, the Google Docs of the world and the Google spreadsheets. I'm a big fan of, of using Google um, and, and, you know, and, and, using, and using the feature functions there. And that's what I used. Um, and um, and so, so, yes, in the process, I did use Google Docs. Um, but after that, it was mostly trying to eat my own dog food. So, so I want to summarize what I think is great about the app listables, and uh, I, I would love a world where, uh, where, when you have something to do, like some task, some thing that you've never done before, or even you are good at doing, but you're not sure the best way of doing it, instead of going to Google, uh, I would love to go to listables and find a pre-approved almost way of 
doing something like renting a house for the first time or uh, how to avoid prostate cancer or all this sort of stuff. Uh, do, um, that do you? Is, I mean, in terms of the vision for the future of the app, do you see that you could replace Google for s- some of the uh, daily checklists that we need to do to, you know, make these transactions in life? So, um, uh, I don't think anyone can replace Google in terms of uh, Google being Google, right? Um, if if you're looking for a uh, you know, an app that basically uh, helps you uh, collaborate better, uh, you know, quickly for day-to-day operations. I think Listables would be a good alternative to look at. Um, there is no, we, we're not a direct competitor to Google, and I'm not aware of any uh, product that Google has that's a direct competitor to what Listables is trying to do. Uh, we are, at the base of it, a productivity app that lets you share your to-dos, track who's doing what, um, uh, have the have a feature of review so you can uh, approve what other people have done, and also have integrated uh, community checklists, uh, which essentially allow you to look at best practices. So in essence, we are effectively a uh, a productivity app, primarily focused on uh, on teams and on groups that want to get things done. Um, and that's our focus, is on teams and groups. Um, it's, uh, and that's what our primary area of focus is. Um, we are still living in a, in a connected world. Uh, you know, we still have stuff that we need to give out to teams and to groups to address daily common issues, whether it's in bigger companies, whether you're a group in a bigger company, such as, you know, I have to deploy this piece of software today on the cloud and there are five people helping me do it. I want to make sure all those five people are on the same page. Or I have this uh, meetup that I'm putting together and I want to make sure that we have everything we need for the meetup. And here are, you know, there are eight, 10 people on it or seven people on it. Oh, there's a community checklist that I can use, so I'll use that checklist. And there we go, we have a checklist, now I'm going to share it with those five people and those five people are good to go. All of them know what to do and I can track which part of the checklist has been complete. So it's more of a collaborative team checklist application. Um, And so that's the basic function of it. Um, And so uh, in regards to Google, I don't think Google has a product that does this. Let's hope not. And, uh, you know, they do have a a long history of coming in and taking successful ideas. So, uh, but... Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. And if they come along, you know, that's the risk of being an entrepreneur. You always have bigger companies, you know, there. And I'd be happy if Google comes along, to be honest with you, because that only validates the market and increases the size of the market. Yeah, so, and finally, uh, finally, Vivek, before yes, I say goodbye yeah. to you, finally, is uh, do you foresee yourself going on any other platforms? You've chosen uh, currently Android and iPhone, uh, but you mentioned a lot of other productivity platforms as well, such as Slack and right. um, Basecamp right. and others. Do you, do you right. foresee this being transitioned to maybe capitalize on some of those other platforms? I do foresee integration into those platforms. So Slack is a messaging platform which is really popular and I foresee potential integrations to that. But what I foresee more is uh, enhancing the community and adding more community-centric checklists as we move forward. Um, I see that route more than integrations at this point in time. Um, 
And, but, you know, if requests come in for integrations, then that's something. I mean, we are primarily built on REST-based APIs. So for us to integrate, it's going to be pretty, uh, pretty quick. So, you know, it's open standards based, right? Um, cloud hosted. So for us, doing such integrations would not be that difficult. Well, Vivek, thank you very, very much for coming on and sharing your journey uh, with us here at the AppGuide podcast. And I would just love to know how best we can help you, how to get in touch with you. So I know that we could download listables, which is easily searched in the App Store, L-I-S-T-A-B-L-E-S, listables. Uh, but how do we get in touch with you, Vivek? What's the, the best way of... Oh, uh, the best way out? is just send me an email uh, at vivek at listables.com. V-I-V-E-K at listables.com. Great. Well, it's episode 501. Uh, for any of the show notes, you can go to uh, theappguy.co, search for Vivek. And hey, great. Thanks for coming on, Vivek. And oh, oh, um, well, uh, we never really got chance to talk too much about Product Hunt, but we are on there. So uh, maybe I'll do an update on the show notes of uh, how we finished and, and how it went. But thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me.